Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today, we're talking to Hugh Brasher and Nick Rosling about the 2.6 Challenge. Very good stuff, actually, to come, so everyone stay tuned. But, uh, Rick, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. Um, fans of the show uh, may recall that last week I announced a rather bizarre lockdown challenge <laughs> in which I'm going to be attempting to beat the uh, female world records over three quarters of the distance. So just to, just to clarify, so say the female world record for, say, 10 miles is say it's 50 minutes. Um, I try to run 7.5 miles, so three quarters of the distance in that in quicker than that time so uh on friday i went down to to dulwich track which i think is london's only 300 meter racetrack fantastic uh, and attempted to beat the women's 400 meter record which is 47.6 seconds set by east germany's Marita Koch back in uh, 1985 so yeah it's quite quite a record that um so basically juicy perhaps yeah yeah <laughs> juicy records yeah um i ran 46.93 seconds ben so uh get this man a medal yes did it it's hard actually um and it shows you just how quick that 400 meter time is my word yeah, um, right. but yeah managed to do that so next up is the mile world record which i'll be attempting on friday it's 412.33 set by uh the netherlands uh sifan hassan in 2019 again before she beat it, it was it was a record that stood for about 25 years so it's gonna to be tr- tough again um i'm okay. running three quarters of a mile 1207 meters um so i'm gonna try and beat it so this is gonna be me mate for the next few fridays attempting to be i'm gonna stop at like i'm probably gonna stop at the 10k or half marathon yeah well we did talk at the end of the last one about um bridget Cosguy's a marathon yeah. record yeah. and so i did so we, we did quiz you that you had to run 30k in two hours and 15, 14 minutes something yeah she, she's, which... she's my nemesis on this mate because she has lowered <laughs> some of these records to the point where you're like oh my god that's really hard i wish you i wish maybe you hadn't run that uh, right but uh yeah i'll definitely go i'll definitely go to 10 to 10k which would be 7.5k obviously and, and then um if it's going well and if it's going well and, and indeed if there's if there's any interest if i've sparked any interest during this bizarre yeah. Let, let me let me just quickly check the uh, emails, Eric. Um, no, not a single response. <laughs> slow burner. It's a slow burner. So, mate, that's so that's that's actually that's what I've been doing. Um, How are you documenting these challenges? I'm assuming you're putting them all on Strava. Well, this is a problem, mate. Is that you know I'm I'm a bit of a sort of luddite with these things. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I also think it's it's a weird session on Strava, isn't it? Like. 300 meters 46.9 so i just i just did it on a casio watch so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take my oh. word for it so the, no, east, the east german approach yeah so it's, it's all it is a bit you know it's a bit diy and a bit um you know yeah it's 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 yeah a bit low a bit kind of you know lo-fi 
I'll call it. But but um, quite I trust fu- you. Quite, quite fun. Quite fun. Anyway, how are you, mate? How are you doing? Yeah, good. All all well and good. Thanks. Been doing some running. You know, cash. Um, but it's, it's been really nice to sort of go out and just do some. I'm sort of throwing complete caution to the wind. But I'm doing a lot of um to to facilitate the running. I'm really focusing on the strength and conditioning. So okay. Um, you know, it's it's quite nice. It's a sort of if you if you want to do one, you must do the other sort of situation. Um, and just being as sensible as possible. I mean, we're racking up huge distances here. We're talking maybe two miles each time. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I know. Um, but I did. You know, you know uh, maybe three. Uh, but yeah, it's been nice, mate. I'm 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 well. I'm enjoying just getting out and seeing some space. Lots of lots of time on the bike, uh, indoors and out. You mm. know, so. Um, that's been that's been good. Um, it's sort of juggling the work, life, children, for sure. everything balance for sure, which everyone has got to do at the moment. So you just you find the windows of opportunity, and that's Definitely. about it, really. But yeah, yeah, all 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 good. I've got no great challenges. I haven't really set myself any. I'm, I, but I'm thinking as we get into our our two point six challenge chat with with Hugh and Nick, I'm mm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna set myself one, and it'll probably involve skipping. Okay, um, okay, like style. I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure what. Maybe maybe two thousand six hundred skips. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe a that, day. Yeah, that's that is that's about half. That's probably about half an hour's worth, isn't it? Yeah, it's solid. It's a good. It's a good long skip. So I'm thinking maybe something like that would be would be uh, might be my my one. Yeah, like your style. Maybe I should do the the, the female marathon world record. That's twenty six point two miles. I'm doing three quarters of it. Can I do? Anyway, I'll I leave it. Here. I, I, I've gone too far. I think you're diluting. <laughs> I've, I've gone down too. I've gone down too, uh, too far down the road. Um, well, it's interesting, Ben. You were saying you're not running too far because there's this this uh, study came out today, I think. Uh, which yeah. was From uh, where was it from? I think it was from Liverpool Hope University, um, and it said that basically talking about trying not to do too much exercise during the the uh, COVID nineteen lockdown. Um, and I guess it, in some ways it's it's not new. This it's it's saying that actually, although a a decent amount of exercise, a small amount of exercise um, boosts immunity. Uh, doing too much um, can actually lower your immunity. A guy called Matthew Jackson, Doctor Matthew Jackson, who is a lecturer in sport and health science, and he says uh, we don't want to tell people not to exercise during the crisis. It's really important that you do. But if you find yourself doing more of it because you've got more time in your hands, you just need to be mindful about not doing too much. For the majority of people, doing regular exercise is actually a really good way to improve immune function, providing defense against viruses. But don't fall into the trap of training all out every single day. Uh, be sure to leave a 48-hour break between each vigorous session and uh, rest in between or reduce the intensity of effort. So, yeah, I think that's good general advice, isn't it, for, for staying healthy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a bit, it's, it's, you know, it might sound a little bit like preaching to the converted, but I think it's, it's worth 100% mentioning because we do have a lot more time on our hands and there is scope to be doing harder and harder sessions and you have this mentality that you must get your session done within a time window or you feel compelled to just you know you don't know when your next chance will be to do a good session or all of the stuff that you kind of like doesn't normally come with training there's some parameters now that you kind of have to deal with and I think that that's you know oh I must make every single session count because I'm only allowed to go out for an hour a day and this is this is all I've got means that some people will be probably hammering it <laughs> and I think it's, it's it's good advice just to to remember that you don't have to yeah I, I, absolutely mate I think um yeah lots lots of people are probably running as much as they ever have and maybe people who are new to the sport are coming back to it have got that kind of you know that kind of beginner's kind of zeal for Oh yeah, for mate, running for sure. and keep you know uh, like you know longer, harder sessions, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just about being being sensible. Um, 
Well, we've got yes, we've got some we've got some pretty high profile guests, Ben, this week, haven't we? We certainly do. Some stalwarts of the uh, running industry. We have Hugh Brasher, the event director at London Marathon, and Nick Rustling, who is CEO of Human Race. So two big dogs. I'm going to call them the big dogs. Um, and they are here to talk about a fantastic challenge that they and uh, many of the big event people in the UK uh, uh, and uh, have come together to set up uh, Challenge 2.6, uh, the two po- or the 2.6 Challenge, as it's properly called. So uh, we should probably talk to them about that. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a Hugh and Nick, welcome to the Runner's World uh, podcast. Uh, thanks very, very much for making the time to speak with us. Um, Hugh, if we can start with you, obviously it's it's the week that would be um, building up to the London Marathon uh, if it weren't for um, the extraordinary circumstances that we are in. How hard was it a decision to postpone the London Marathon until October? And what, I'm guessing some logistical challenges around a decision like that are, are huge, I should think. Yes, I mean, in terms of how hard was it, I think it was just about what was right and what was appropriate. And we were looking uh, at what was going on in the world, what was happening in in different countries. And I think uh, in terms of the realisation that uh, the situation was changing rapidly, very much was um, when I was in the Tower Hotel the night before the big half. And uh, Nick is part of Human Race, which is part of the ASO group. And uh, they uh, had to call off the Paris half marathon at 12 hours notice. And at that moment, I mean, that was half marathon, of I think of about 40,000 people suddenly going, wow, um, this is accelerating in a, in a, in a unbelievable manner. And, and we had been looking at, at things beforehand, but it really, I think, accelerated everyone's thought process. And, you know, the marathon is more than a 26.2 mile run. It's, uh, it, it really is about communities coming together. It's, it's about fundraising. It's, it's, you know, one of the original pillars that my father and John Disley had was to show the family of mankind can be united. And and more than ever, that's what we need at the moment. We need mankind to come together, to be united, to fight um, COVID nineteen, to find a way to get scientists to um, uh, you know to to find a way through this. And so, um, with with the marathon being so much about charity, the the, the authorities were incredibly helpful at at um, helping us look for alternative dates, and it really was. You know, London's such a major city. Where was there space in the calendar that major events in the city might not have been happening? And also, um, we had to look at uh, weather conditions. And then, funnily, one, funnily enough, one of the things that came up was the daylight hours and, and actually how much daylight hours. And I hadn't given it a thought. It was one of the team um, said, look at that. And uh, there's far more daylight um, around in April than there is in, in October. Uh, so we pretty well came down to, to two dates, and that rapidly came down to one, which was the um, the fourth of October, and that's where we currently sit. Great. So, and before all, then obviously you, you've come up with this uh, two point six challenge. So I wondered, um, maybe maybe Nick could could talk to us about um, the idea and how and how it sort of came about. 
Yeah, um, I think you know, similarly to, to Hugh with with the Manchester event, which is earlier in in, in April, um, we're very close to the impact that these events have and the good that they they have the connection with with charities and and that was the the, the original thinking was um, you know not it's not just the runners but there are a number of other people who are, who are not benefiting from um, the fact that participation events are. A, a, a great positive to society and, and i think probably charity you know we're getting people fit and healthy but i think charity arguably is our our greatest gift back to the world is is how much involvement charities get from it so that that was pretty significant and we we went straight into thinking um which we had actually um tested out earlier on um this year with the london winter run um a virtual challenge because we were we were called off on that one because of um storm chiara so um, we haven't had much luck, but um, it was a straight cancellation and we were able to run a, a sort of a virtual challenge with with our runners that was really well taken up. And um, we got medals out to people and, and they still maintain their connection with Cancer Research UK. So we, we knew that could work. And so I suppose that was the immediate uh, thought process was let's try and do something similar. And that was at a time when people probably could go for a longer run near a home. But things moved quick and um so that that soon transpired to not be the case so um we've got this fantastic working group um now up and running which has only been there for four months but it's um really the likes of hugh um and the great run and limelight um who uh, who organize the royal parks and, and london triathlon and um tommy's who are behind london landmarks and with human rights delivery and so on and we basically came together to try and collaborate and, and we're not try and we are collaborating on uh making sure our events are more sustainable for the environment and it just brought a really positive spirit together amongst us you know the fact that none of us were experts in this topic we're all trying our hardest none of us quite cracked it um and so it meant that we were we were communicating and then so as soon as really Hugh and Hugh and myself said look actually we should be more ambitious than just trying to to keep runners fundraising there's a bigger issue and we were we were very close to the charities to know that it was it was 100% a crisis that wasn't being necessarily communicated through the media um with charities going to be folding um you know imminently if if the cash wasn't got to them so we we actually got got ambitious and we pulled the industry um sort of leaders together and said let's do something you know that is that is nationwide let's do something that is for all charities let's be properly inclusive not just not just about runners and so we needed to create a, a product you know we, we're obviously well versed at saying look we believe you know in our world it's often an event but this is this um this this is our event so we've created a thing which is a day and, and, a, and an event which we think the whole of the country can get behind so it was a, it was a sort of phased process but with a, a bunch of people with a great can-do attitude and a massive desire to 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 help um which is fundamentally the issue around charities i think um so a bit of context that the, the, there's a serious gap in funding now since lock since the lockdown and and and, and all this has happened really i think that um, the marathon alone was responsible for 66 and a half million pounds in in charity funding just last year and similarly human race have raised millions through through the events as well so do you actually i mean can, this is a considerable chunk of money that's now missing from these charities yeah it's a considerable sum of money but it is much as nick said it's much wider than this um 
one third of small charities um, are predicted to go to the wall in the next three to six months in the UK unless um, their funding shortfall is is filled. And the government did announce um, a, a package of seven hundred and fifty million pounds. Um, but but overall, if you look at the whole charity market, it's four billion pounds is 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 what they need. So this is this is you know Britain is amazing country and the people uh you know when our backs to the wall that's when we're at our best and i think having uh something to you know we're trapped in our houses at the moment we can exercise once a day but being able to do something good and do something that um will have a legacy is is something that i think that the country really can unite behind and you know it's great britain we are united kingdom and the 2.6 challenge is about showing that and, and people just getting involved, um, having fun, um, coming up with a challenge, donating and fundraising, um, challenging their family, challenging their friends, um, challenging it in, in a fun way. Because we shouldn't be running 26.2 miles at the moment. Uh, we should be looking after ourselves, just exercising close to our homes and and and, and doing it fairly gently. So. Yeah, this is a much bigger piece that that Britain's charities need our help, and 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 that's what we're trying to raise people's awareness of that issue and and get them to raise funds for them and donate. And Nick, this is a this has got um, real scope. This hasn't it? It's, this two point six idea. You can really play around with it, right? So it could be two point six miles, or you could do I don't know. Uh, you can see how far you can run in twenty six minutes. Any way that has it sort of the two and the six digit am i right in thinking it, that's that's a legitimate challenge there isn't there isn't there aren't too many rules other than that if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. No, no, you've got it spot on. But I mean, I think um, it, it's it's a lot broader than that. Again, so. Um, it, it's all it's all sort of um, forms of exercise. So we've got people doing um, twenty six minutes of exercise with the, with a, a bunch of celebrities uh, like Freddie Flintoff, Jamie Redknapp, Stephen Fry, and they're going to be exercising um, and hopefully donating to um, is the Ruth Strauss Foundation. You've got um, I'm hopping two point six k. I reckon I've this I've hopped before is probably ten meters. Yeah. So, I mean, exercise is clearly to the fore and we're trying to encourage people to be active. But at the same time, we've got people dancing, we've got people skipping, we've got people gardening. There's a there's a, a the mate's dad who's going to um, pull out 260 weeds. Um, and I think the country is going to also do another thing. I mean, you, you do find out what's best about our country, but I think we're also creative and there's that humour. So um, there's a guy I know who's the chief executive of the, at Welcome to Yorkshire, where we, we organise the tour to Yorkshire. And um, he's, he's going to have a, a pop at 26 Yorkshire puddings, um, which I love the sound of. No, we sort of, uh, we're going to get, you know, the different communities, dancers, gardeners, exercisers, um, and I don't reckon we've even scratched the surface. There's more fun stuff coming through. So um, hopefully it will just ignite a, a whole range of creativity, but with, with sort of people setting a goal. Um, and then it's just so important. And I call this sort of the Bob Geldof moment, just to say that people need to think about their their favourite charity, their charity that uh, really is close to their heart, and then donate to them. And I think there's a, a small danger that uh, everyone will be having fun and it would be nice and it will connect with people and get people active. But the second action is very much the, the donation or the fundraising piece. And you can do it really simply through our website, um, which is 2.6challenge.co.uk. And it's, it's all written, not, not numeric. And, um, and that's just the key next connection. But I think people hopefully will reflect on what charity is important to them and and get a sum of money, you know, however small or large, across to those charities. So it's a double ask, but the first bit is definitely centred on fun and inclusivity and trying all sorts of stuff. So, Hugh, Nick's, Nick's hopping 2.6 kilometres, is that right, Nick? 2.6 kilometres? Yeah, yeah. have, have, have you got a challenge that you're, that you're doing, Hugh, or not? I, I, I have, and I'm, I'm just quite surprised that, said, that Nick said you can do anything, even if it's not including exercise like skipping. Um, because I'm, I'm skipping. I'm, I'm doing 26 skips with 26 seconds recovery 26 times. Um, so I now know that Nick thinks that's not exercise. And I think there's, there's, a, <laughs> challenge, there's a challenge coming on here about whether he's hopping for 2.6K or my 676 skips. Um, which one is going to get a higher heart rate? So I can, I can definitely see another 2.6 challenge coming on. Um, yeah, I'm doing it for pancreatic cancer, and that's that's what my father passed away from in 2003. And um, you know, as Nick said, everyone's doing it for for in a fun, engaging way, and for for whatever cause that they want to do do it for. And if you don't know your cause, go to the website, and you can donate to a central fund. And and I've set up a page on uh, 
Virgin Money Giving and and um, um, my, my daughters are getting involved and my wife as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a real family um, day of activity and, and fundraising and donating. Um, I think we had a, quite a few questions come in when, when events started to be cancelled about people who were, who were fundraising for those days. And this isn't a sort of a this isn't to counter those days. This is a this is a kind of like a nice on top of keep charities going. I mean, those who are running races later in the year still, you know, the fundraising is still very much part and parcel of these races, especially the marathon that when that takes place. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- this is just trying to actually, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to galvanize 2.6 million people uh, each. If each 2.6 million people donate uh, 26 quid, that's, that's where we get to our target. Um, but, but yes, there'll be, you know, people who were due to run the Virgin Money London Marathon on the 26th of, of, of April, now heading to the 4th of October, um, still hope that, that they're looking to, to um, when lockdown comes out, um, get involved in, in, in all sorts of um, different activities to, to, to raise funds. And, and, and hopefully it will be a real celebration of, of humanity and, and the great work that, that marathons do in bringing people together. And that's what, what we really hope will happen when, when Manchester and, and London come back later in the year. And I think just to follow up on that, um, the, the, the purpose of 2.6 Challenge is to get cash with absolute urgency into the charity bank accounts. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that's what's happening the as Hugh said, you know, October is is still a wear away, and for a number of charities, that's going to be too late. So um, that that's crucial. And for a number of those charities, they, you know, they've got our events, but they also have their own fundraising events, and they got furloughed staff, and they can have to bring them back. And so that will take again a number of months before they can get any income coming back in through other fundraising events. So the whole the whole process for these charities is going to take months, and and possibly sort of up to twelve and eighteen months. So I think, you know, we, then there is the urgency now. Hopefully the October raft of, of mass events can happen and, and that will bring in, a, you know, the, the traditional cash that they were hoping for in, in, in April. Um, but it's going to be a longer term issue and we're going to have a longer term role. And, and we've even thought and we'll, we'll sort of take a judgment call, I think, in a week's time, but about whether we need to do 2.6 challenge um, again in May and we could do it on the 26th of May. So we've got some simple logic. So, um, you know, I think our, our role is, is not over in this, this bigger picture. What's been the feedback, Hugh, from, from charities? Presumably, you know, they, this, is, this, is, this is a great sort of good news piece for them as well. A- absolutely. I mean, it, it is a positive um, action on, on the mass participation event organisers' behalf. Um, we've tried to make it as simple as possible. Um, there's a raft of collateral on the website that they can download, get access to, because as Nick said earlier, there are a whole lot of charities and a whole lot of, of companies around Britain that have furloughed staff. And um, so we've tried to make it as simple as possible. It's one mechanic and, uh, and, and celebrities really getting involved. And as the week progresses, we hope we will announce more and more of them. There's some really interesting great stuff happening and, and we really just hope it ignites on and from the 26th so 26th 27th sort of the rest of that week it just galvanizes people and you know you'll see people that may be doing it in fancy dress um obviously still meeting the government uh social distancing rules and, and rules on exercise um but no they've been incredibly positive um 
uh, about about what the mass participation industry is is trying to do. Ben and I have been discussing. You know, more and more people seem to be running, uh, and and obviously, you know, in parks, and and that has presented some of its own problems. But ultimately, more people running, from our perspective, is 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 a good thing. Do, do you hope that that might be one of the sort of few positive things that comes out of a crisis like this? Is that people, like, you know, it might actually propel more people onto the roads to to start start their kind of running journey so i mean i think the the simplicity of running which is always its joy is being found and um there's going to be people who are reconnecting with running people who are finding it for the first time i think because of the the fact that the the environment outside is quiet i think the fact that it's spring and you know there's a lot of beauty around you know i think those additional factors means that people will fall in love with running and, and all of those wonderful additional components other than the exercise piece. And so, you know, yes, I, I absolutely believe people will either, um, you know, refine it or, or fall in love with it. So it's got to be a positive. There are so many positives around us um, and, you know, we've got to cling on to them. So uh, running and, and, a, and a new generation of runners um, throughout this country is could be a wonderful thing because we, we know the benefits that that brings to society. So uh, let's hope it is the case and that shouldn't um, shouldn't go away. You know, I think the economy will bounce back and, uh, and you know, there's, there's going to be a, a number of um, sadnesses, but um, there will be some joy. And, and that's absolutely um, sounds like from, I think, from what you're saying, but equally the enthusiasm that, that we're picking up on people are wanting to exercise um so it, you know it should flip into other things beyond running uh, home exercise and hopefully a healthier nation um and people are aware of um, the, the different ways they can get fit and running has always been central to that yeah i i, I do believe that that uh, more people are exercising they're not exercising the people that already were exercising and not doing um not going as far but for for a lot of people, I think it's it's introducing them into into running, and anything that you do over a period of time becomes a habit. And it's actually those first few weeks that are the hardest when you start running. It, then the endorphins really start to kick in after six to seven weeks, and and you know with the government announcement on uh, the continuation of of uh, sort of lockdown that we have in this country. Um, I do believe that the the habit that people are getting into of exercise is 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 something that that will stay with a lot of people for a long time. Um, so I think that the 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 running industry, you know, it's so good running for your physical and mental health. And the London Marathon in 2017 was the sort of culmination of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's. Um, amazing campaign to raise awareness of mental health and what they achieved in uh, in that area has been, you know, truly changed. I think our society and 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 the fact that that running and has such a um, it can be so helpful there is 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 really getting people to realise you need to look after your body. You need to um, uh, exercise. In, in moderation, but do it regularly. And that's definitely a message that I believe will um, will stay. Hugh, any uh, final tips for anyone who wants to get involved? Have fun, donate or fundraise and just pick your charity. And um, it really is for everybody, challenging your neighbours, challenge your mum, your dad, your sisters, your brothers, your best friend, 
and and let's really make it a day and a week where people are inspired to get active and inspired to get fundraising. Well, thank you very, very much, uh, Nick and Hugh, for coming on the Run As Well podcast, talking a little bit more about the 2.6 challenge. Great to hear um, your thoughts on it, and hopefully it's a, a massive success. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guests, Hugh Brasher and Nick Rusling, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcast apps. Please just search Runners World UK. If you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a review and remember to tune in next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.